This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Thursday, October the 20th, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour, Thursday, October 20th. Your daily dose of economics with attitude. Brought to you again by the Patriot Radio News Hour. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver. It's as easy as giving us a call at 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Sarah's here to take your phone call, answer your questions, walk you through your order. Or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. It's as easy as point and click. Look at the products. Get the news to disturb the comfortable. Well, we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. The man behind the show, the president and CEO, his name's Joe Jaquin. He's the man who does the research. He finances the show. And once again, he delivers economics with attitude. Joe, it's Thursday after, after a presidential debate, after what's going on in the economy. What's new? What to report? That's a great question. What is new? You know, what is really going on? We got another dose of of Donald and Hillary and, of course, the media spin that goes along with it. And I just find it, you know, again, very, very fascinating as the, you know, we, we talk about the military-industrial uh, uh, complex, and then you think about the media complex and and how everything you hear is so controlled and and you would think i mean this is how i kind of envision uh, like a communistic society where the you know the news media every channel you turn on it's the same thing pretty much right every channel i mean there's no different opinion out there and if you have a different opinion it immediately gets what? Shamed and, well. shamed and poked fun of and, and how dare you. You know, like the, I love the whole, uh, the fraud at the election. And now all of a sudden, oh, you must be crazy to think that. How dare you insinuate there may be fraud and yet you find it everywhere. And and I just, it's just interesting. You know, just I just want to point it out that, uh, again, they are going to try to get you to think the way they want you to think. Gone is the day where you got both sides of everything, and and, uh, I just find it boring, you know, to the point where, I'll be honest with you, I just couldn't watch it. Well, I'll just tell you this. I did watch it, and I do believe that um, this is my opinion. I do believe that Donald Trump's right. I do believe the the media is shady. I do believe that there's a shady effort for the Democrats to, you know, somehow skew the polls and everything. You look at the polls that are out right now and how badly Donald Trump is losing, okay? And my only point on that is, uh, you know who's posting those polls, right? The liberal media, okay? <laughs> So they're not going to – so why even bother going to vote? That's what they're trying to – why bother? He's losing so bad early. Why bother? I'm here to tell you, go vote. Vote. Yeah, vote. you know what? Go vote. Vote your conscience. 
You know, and I've said it all along, I'm voting for Trump for one reason. He's not Hillary? Not to have Hillary? I want change. Change. I want change. Something has to change. Period. Having said that, again, I will try to stay away from politics, and they keep, it keeps sucking me back in. Every time I think I'm out, it sucks me back in. And, and 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 I don't want to take the eye off the ball. I just feel I, I I get it. I get where you're coming from because it can take the whole show. You could do a whole week you worth do, of right, shows. You on do. The day only in thing I, I'm you know what you can get that on, on, with other guys. You can right? get that you with other guys. Go listen to Hannity. Go listen to Limbaugh. Go listen to any of those guys. You can get that there. You know the one thing, and I said I didn't listen to it, and and really I didn't. Uh, with the exception of maybe the first uh, 20 or 30 minutes because we were having dinner, and I was watching it while I was eating. They did, I don't know if you caught this, did you catch the Social Security part? Yeah. Get ready. This is exactly what I told you was going to happen, and I'll give, you know what, I'll give Hillary an attaboy. She makes no bones about it. You bet I'm raising your taxes. Flat out. I'm raising your taxes. And the funny part was, so I can give more money to this group and that group, and we already don't have enough for what we've already promised. And now, of course, raise your taxes so I can give out even more. And somehow I will say this, I don't understand how taking things away from success and giving it to failure, how that works. You know, you can't have economic prosperity through a printing press. And you really can't have economic prosperity by taking away people's money and giving it to other people. The welfare mentality. The welfare state. And, and look at how it's, it's ballooned into this thing where, you know, anybody who says, that that we shouldn't do this must be you know you're you're just a a redneck whack job. What you don't like poor people, right? And all of this and this used to be the land of opportunity. Remember that land where you could go out and get a job, a good one. You could go to work at the local plant, and as long as you kept your nose clean, you could have a decent life. They've taken that from us, and they've replaced it with the welfare state. And guess what? The bill is coming due. And you start to look out. There's another issue. I, mean, I don't even know. It's amazing, all of the, the things that come out. So WikiLeaks. Now, well, now that I, you know, WikiLeaks, that's a whole, you know, like I said, again, that's a different show. You can get that uh, with Alex Jones and all the rest. But California who just, you know, they just had that massive tax increase a couple of years ago. CalPERS with a huge warning today. We'll be back. Patriot Radio News Hour, Double J and the Love. Uh, the U.S. Mint just re, uh, released incredible numbers yesterday. U.S. Silver Eagle sales, and of course we've told you Silver Eagle sales, uh, we haven't gone out of stock, but there has been a, a you know a delay about a week to ten day delay on Silver Eagles. Uh, just I mean, really, we just caught up yesterday. 
U.S. Silver Eagle sales surged in the first half of October. Silver Eagle sales were strong for the first five months of the year, cooled off during the summer, and have now taken off again. Uh, They came back with a vengeance just in the first half of October. Almost 3 million Silver Eagles sold. That's incredible. You know, 3 million ounces. 1996, as an example, that was the whole mintage for the entire year. You know, when I started back in 03, 04, 05, 6, 7, 8 million, that was annual production. Now we're doing 3 million in a couple weeks. And they said that the, the most recent update, uh, Silver Eagle sales, 75% higher than the total sales for September. By the way, September sales, one like they were awful, 1.657 million ounces. So uh, a little over a million and a half ounces just in September alone. Uh, Gold Eagle sales, same exact story. Uh, Gold Eagle sales, 84,000 ounces in just the first couple of weeks of October. Uh, And that's just, that's a lot of ounces. 84,000 ounces, uh, you know, well over, uh, I don't even know what would that be, billion dollars, something like that. Right? Uh, by the way, the whole month of September was only 94, well, only, was 94,000 ounces. Uh, they now estimate uh, Gold Eagle sales to eclipse 130,000 for the month, uh, and that for uh, Silver Eagles are going to eclipse over 4 million ounces in a single month. And I've got a funny feeling that that may be because they're they're not going to be able to keep up. Because you, you think if you did 3 million, well, just under, I guess it was 2.9 and change. That, you know, you'd think at least, if it just cooled off a little bit, maybe 5 million. But I, I don't know. But they're saying uh, over 4 million ounces. Uh, and I'm trying to see if they give a, a demand here for the, yeah, there it is. So right now, they're saying, uh, looks like we've gotten so far about 35 million ounces roughly so far in Silver Eagle sales in 2016, which is just, I mean, it's incredible when you really think about it. You know, to go from, uh, like I said, a low of 3 million ounces, 3.2, I think, was the 96 number, uh, the average for most of the first five years, six years of the new millennial was six to eight million. And now uh, we routine, uh, just it's a routine now. 40, 45, you know, if they could ever stay in stock, 50 million ounces. And again, you have to ask yourself, how many people are all of a sudden getting ready that didn't used to get ready? I mean, to go from 3 million ounces to the mid to upper 40 million ounces, I mean, you're talking about I think more people are becoming like-minded. When you move 84,000 ounces of gold in a three-week period, 
Is that how you put it? Then, then a lot of people that didn't and weren't buying are buying. More people are jumping on board. And, and, and this is just the thing that, and, and what I think is really interesting is how consistent the demand has been. Year in, year out. And you really, when you look at uh, uh, the pullback that we had in 2011, sales have actually gone up. Demand for silver eagles is higher. Demand for gold eagles is higher. So we've actually have, you know, and this is why I think everybody is is buying because when you look at the actual factual data, you know, the old the old school, I guess what doesn't, you know, supply and demand. You know what they used to teach you in economics. The demand is at the highest that it's ever been. And it continues to go higher. And and this is kind of the, the thing where, you know, used to be, the government had a law, you had to source, the mint had to source its gold and silver from U.S. mines. They had to get rid of that law because they simply just couldn't mine enough. Just something to think about. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Yesterday, we did run. We ran the uh, junk silver special, the silver spectacular. And I thought for sure because we were well on our way to what I thought was going to be a sellout, but we actually we didn't. Uh, I still have, and I'm not going to do the same special. But I've got about fifty rolls of each of the dimes and the half dollars. So if you want to pick up some uh, junk silver, these are the pre-1965 90% uh, dimes, quarters, and half dollars. I don't have any quarters, uh, but I I have rolls of 20 half dollars. So you get $10 face value uh, at $155 for half dollars. $155 $155 a roll, and then on the dimes, you get $5 face value, 50 dimes. Uh, those are at $75 a piece, and I got about a 50 of each one of those left uh, at 800 This just breaking, uh, CalPERS has now issued another warning after only returning six-tenths of a percent in the, of course, CalPERS, their, that's their California Public Employee Retirement System. Uh, obviously, the acronym CalPERS said that uh, they only got six-tenths of a percent. So when you look at the Dow's at all-time highs and all that stuff, CalPERS is like, yeah, maybe. But we didn't do so good. We only got six-tenths of a percent. Of course, everybody knows they need well over 7.5%. And and CalPERS was out today saying, this is a significant policy issue for us. This isn't a policy issue. This is a financial issue. The system must average at least 7.5% a year to match its assumed ratio of return 
so they don't have to turn to the taxpayers for more money. So Now, you know the assumed number is a bunch of BS, right? I mean, it just is. It always is. So if you need 7.5% to get to that number, how big of a return do you actually got to have? And then to only get six-tenths of a percent? I mean, how big of a miss is that? You had to be at seven and a half. You get six. That's like, you know, all you retirees and your cup of coffee increase. I don't know how this works out. I mean, can you bail out the state of California? I mean, what do you think you're going to do? I mean, honestly, just what are we going to do? You're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. And, and CalPERS is issuing a warning saying, hey, I know you just raised everybody's. I mean, if you live in California, you're in the highest tax bracket. I think you pay 52% by the time you get done with state and federal. I mean, where's it going to end? And this is the thing, and you know, and it's funny because as I sit there every year and I do this show, I mean, I was telling you this 10 years ago, and it's here now, right? We've arrived. And you see from 06 to 16, and I told you these were the good years. Now these debts really start spiking. And and honestly, when you go back all the way to the 80s, go back to 1983, they knew it all the way back then. We got to get ready now. Because if we don't, it will be catastrophic to the United States. And so they put a plan in place to get ready, and then they decided, eh, we're just going to spend it. So now we're here, and it is going to be catastrophic. I don't know how it ends. I mean, what do we just do, just 4 $5 trillion of debt a year? I mean, what do you do? What are you, what are you going to tell all of these people? What are you going to tell Illinois? What are you going to tell Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Louisiana? Right? What do you think is really going to happen? At what point, you know, and really you, kind of, you just kind of put the pencil to it, right? And they talk about these outrageous numbers. Like somebody said that the G20 countries... I read it in an article, I think one of the articles I was doing yesterday, the G20 countries have $78 trillion in unfunded pensions. <laughs> right? Forget about any, uh, you know, city and state debts. And this, this just pensions. Forget about national debts. I'm still in shock with what you said earlier about the California. 55% of your... 50, yeah, 52%, 52%, I think, is the number. If you're on that highest bracket. I mean, uh, what's the point? I mean, how... You wonder why people do illegal things to hold on to their own money? You wonder why corruption exists? 
Because they're being corrupted right out of their own money. I want to ask you, why did, why did Wells Fargo do what it did? Why do you think they did it? Now, some people would be like greed, right? Yeah, that had a, a part in it. Right? But they, they've got to what? They've, they've got to meet expectations yeah, and numbers they, for they the got, shareholders. they got numbers to meet. I'll tell you another reason they did it. Because they did it once. And they go, that was easy. That was easy. We got Let's away with it. Let's do it again. And over a period of how many years did they just bilk their clients? Well, it was more trouble for Wells Fargo. In the last few weeks, the Mega Bank lost its CEO lost businesses from the state of Ohio, the city of Chicago, the state of California, the state of Oregon, the city of San Francisco, and now I heard that California is getting ready to press charges. There's something else that Wells Fargo has apparently lost. It's accreditation from the Better Business Bureau. According to a report from the Charlotte Observer, the Better Business Bureau moved its ratings of Wells Fargo below the B rating required to maintain accreditation in wake of the $185 million fine. That's not what it was. It was the fact that they ripped off millions of people. The two million fake accounts. The president of the Better Business Bureau called the loss of Wells Fargo's accreditation quite remarkable. Patriot Radio News Hour. Make sure you get something away before you lose your accreditation. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Eagle Forum, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly in 1972 and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now from the Eagle Forum Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. The immigration problem does not just affect the business owners and Border Patrol agents of Texas. Illegal immigration is affecting every American. Even young people are being forced to pay for illegal immigration. The University of Florida has implemented a new policy to give in-state tuition to illegals. This new policy puts out-of-state American students at a disadvantage in the enrollment process. It means that an American from Georgia would pay thousands more in tuition than an illegal immigrant claiming to be from Florida. That's the kind of twisted logic that can only come from liberals of American universities. The purpose of in-state tuition is to give the taxpayers of the state a break at their own public university. After all, public universities like the University of Florida receive millions of taxpayer dollars from the state government every year. The citizens of Florida are already paying for that extra tuition cut for their children. However, illegal immigrants pay little to no taxes to the state. It makes no sense for them to receive the benefits of a Florida taxpayer at a public university. Illegals already make Florida taxpayers pay for their children's elementary and secondary education. Why should Americans pay for their college tuition, too? Building a wall to secure our border should be a top priority for our nation. However, there are other steps that we must take as well. We need to stop giving outsiders incentives to come to America illegally. University liberals and Democrats want to draw in illegals with special tuition cuts and free social services. Latino student groups are trying to force change to advance their own agenda. 
One such student group is behind the new policy at the University of Florida. We need to stand up against these special incentives if we're ever going to truly have a secure border. It's not enough to support the building of a wall. The illegal immigration problem must be fought on every front to safeguard America's future for our children and grandchildren. The next president will face the challenge of securing our borders, balancing international trade, winning the war on terrorism, and protecting the family. Phyllis Schlafly's final book, The Conservative Case for Trump, explains how and why you can truly help make America great again. For more on The Conservative Case for Trump, go to eagleforum.org. That's eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. I'm going to spend this next segment sharing with you how quickly things are being lost here and how the media likes to cover things up. It just keeps getting worse. The CAF Freight Index, I'm going to spell that for you, CAF, C-A-S-S, CAF Freight Index. Here's what these people do. They track all the freight that comes in and out of the United States. I'm talking FedEx, UPS, cargo ships, rail shipments, UPS. Right? Think about, you know, when you the FedEx drivers drop dropping stuff at your door. Think about all the you know, Amazon and all that. They track Every mode of freight transportation. They say that it fell 3.1% in September. 3.1% in September from last September. In other words, year over year down 3.1%. It's the 19th straight month in a row of year-over-year decline. I mean, that's almost impossible to do. Nineteen straight months where the month that they tracked was lower than the month from the previous year. And now it's reached the worst level since September of 2009. How could that be possible? I mean, 09 was horrible. Right? Most people don't even want to think about 09. I mean, you think about 09. This was, right, jingle mail was all the rage. Millions of people were losing their homes. Right? All the swimming pools were green. I mean, you name it. And they're saying that the freight index is the lowest or the worst since September of 2009. They said that uh, there was some area of growth. Here's the good news. E-commerce, right? Amazon. That was good. However, brick-and-mortar retailers suffering. Uh, They said all shipments for the auto sector. 
all of them. All shipping segments for the auto sector decline. Inventories now of unsold automobiles have hit the worrisome level of 90 days supply. And actually, I'm sorry, 95 days. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the average a car sits on the lot over three months and growing. The U.S. is in an industrial recession that began in March of 2015, according to the index. The index is based on more than $26 billion in annual freight transactions. Among the categories, rail shipments taking the biggest hit. In recent months, they said that rail volume down 4.2%, uh, blaming the bulk, what, what are they calling it, the bulk sector. Uh, tonnage has been down, shipping volumes have been down. Uh, the overcapacity in, has affected now the trucking, rail, air freight, barge, ocean container, and bulk freight. Did I miss anything? Let me say, wait, wait. trucking, rail, air freight, barge, ocean container, and bulk. All down. Then it starts to make some of this stuff make even more sense. Another Indianapolis company has tentatively decided to move more jobs to Monterey, Mexico, Rexnard Bearings announced that to its employees Friday that jobs were going to be moved out of the country beginning in 2017. Of course, that's eight months since carrier workers found out their jobs would be phased out of an Indianapolis manufacturing plant and moved to Monterey. Rexnard plant located in the city's west side the union says 350 Indianapolis-based employees will be affected by the move. Uh, not to be outdone. And you know what? This is something I haven't heard, right? We've heard about Ford moving to Mexico. We heard about Fiat Chrysler, right? Neither one of those. Now they're not going to make any more small cars in the U.S. After more than a year of watching Donald Trump bash Ford Motor Company for moving jobs to Mexico... General Motors has pushed ahead with its own expansion plan. Do you think they're exaggerating that he's been bashing them for a year? It's been since the last debate. Well, either way, I mean, are we just going to continue to sit idly by and watch these companies take our jobs to another another country and not, and think it's not going to have an effect? GM is advancing on another $800 million investment for its global small small car lineup, which includes factories in San Luis Postile. Is that right? Potosi, St. Louis Potosi State. I'm not really, my Mexican's not so good. <laughs> it's called Spanish. Hey, well, all right, Spanish. <laughs> The plant and another facility in Mexico will also build the all-new Chevy Equinox sport utility vehicle. <laughs> you still got me that. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
The automaker said only that the new Equinox will be built in a factory in Canada and two other places. General Motors did not want to say what the two other places were. Uh, do you think because they're not here in the United States? Says uh, keeping mum about Mexico to try to avoid attention from Donald Trump. The uh, the lower profile they says has kept General Motors out of the crosshairs. For Mexico, GM's tight-lipped approach hints at how U.S. companies may operate in the future. I don't know. I guess that's, uh, again, why wouldn't the media, again, what, obviously. <laughs> when we get back. There's another one closing pants down. We'll talk about Harley Davidson. Take the radio news hour. I apologize if that offended anybody. Not really. It's not very good. I'm sorry. Spanish, Mexican, same thing to me. To you. I'm ignorant. Right? So. It's like you don't speak French. You speak French. <laughs> you don't speak Mexican. You speak Spanish. Well, come on. Now, wait a minute. France, French, right? It's not the same word. I, I it's know, but still. Wee, wee, oh, poo, poo. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? I'm watching, the, you know, our crack staff here. I really got to get better help. As I'm sitting here struggling to do this show today, Homer is doodling on his little yellow pad here and 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 i say the word doodle because it's absolutely nothing but lines chicken scratches chicken scratches yes i am uh just chicken scratching while i scratch my head in speaking mexican (laughs) (laughs) well done sir well played well played well played. No wonder why. I know people are like, God, I listen to this guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Listen, in South America, parts of it, they speak Portuguese. Portuguese. Brazil. Right. They yeah. don't speak Brazilian. They speak Portuguese. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, what do they speak in Russia? Russian. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Harley Davidson says falling motorcycle sales around the world announced that it needs to, this is another way for saying uh, we're cutting U.S. jobs, streamline operations, reorganize and reduce its workforce during the fourth quarter. By the way, the stock gained 9% on the news. (laughs) But I just love that. Hey, you know what? Things are getting worse here. So we're going to fire a bunch of people and their stock goes up. The manufacturer, the motorcycle manufacturer, cited continued slowdown in the United States motorcycle industry as the main factor for weaker retail sales. Harley-Davidson did not give details on the plan and has not said exactly how many U.S. jobs will be impacted. 
But retail motorcycle sales fell 7.1% during the third quarter. U.S. uh, industry trends dragged the company's total retail global sales down 4.5%. Said uh, Harley-Davidson, year-to-date sales are down just under 6% in the United States. But don't worry. You know, everything is fine. Not to be outdone, Boeing has announced it's closing its Macon, Georgia plant. You know, Macon, Georgia, that's where uh, Gordon Soley used to, they used to have wrestling matches. In Georgia Macon. Championship Wrestling. I remember that. I Gordon Soley was our host. Gordon Nice Soley. segue. Nice segue into that. The Macon, Georgia plant going to be closed by the end of the year. 120 workers will be out of work. Monday's announcement came about a year after Boeing had announced it was planning to create 200 jobs by converting an existing military facility to a commercial airplane manufacturing plant. Boeing is now saying that it'll be shutting down the plant by mid-December after 35 years, citing reduced demand for large cargo freighters. Oh, well, cargo, yeah, they said freighters, but obviously cargo plane for Boeing. What does that go with? Oh, that's right, that CAS freight index thing. Yeah, don't worry about that. It's fine. We don't need those jobs. <laughs> that's just a few of the layoffs that I have for you today. Uh, by the way, uh, CNBC is saying that nearly two in three Americans are limiting their monthly spending. <laughs> I'm limiting it because I spent all the money I had and I maxed out my credit card, and I don't have any more money, so therefore I'm going to be limiting my spending. The majority of those polled cited the need to save money as the the reason behind the cautious cautious approach. Uh, here's what they they uh, the four leading factors were: I need to save some money. I don't have any income. Worries about the economy. Oh, and I'm already in too much debt. Two in three Americans now fall into one of those four categories. Too much debt, worries about the economy, no income, and the need to save money. And the Federal Reserve is going to be raising rates uh, at the end of this year, don't you worry. Nothing bad's going to happen with, with that. But I just find it interesting that when you start looking at these numbers, like we did some numbers the other day. We're like in the 90s. 84% of people thought they were going to retire early. And I just, you know what, I forget. Before I was, uh, before I became educated, I was a Kool-Aid drinker. And I believed it. I mean, I was in my early 20s, and I thought, man, I'm going to save so much money. And I remember, I'll never forget it, when I got my my big break, right? And I was the assistant store manager, and I was making $26,000 a year, which I thought was an incredible amount of money. Lived by myself. 
well, not by myself, with my girlfriend, got promoted and moved to Phoenix, where I met my wife. Girlfriend, she went away. And I got paid $40,000. And I thought I was going to be mega rich. I really did. And now I just laugh at myself. Because I don't even know what what would you have to make to be mega rich. Millions and millions of dollars. I mean, it's, it's unobtainable, I think. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Final statement on a... It's Thursday, right? Hey, Thursday. What, I got a question for you. So This show's you, been horrible, by no, the way. No, it hasn't. It's been fun. You know, you hit 40K. How old were you? They promoted you. Oh, yeah, you. I was 23 they, years old. Okay, so you, they promoted you. They moved you to... You know, 40K back in 1990-whatever. It, it was, I didn't want to say pretty good, That was some pretty good money. Yeah. That was some pretty it good was, money. You know, if you... You know... I don't know how they uh, uh, con- the conversion of money from 1992 to today, how much that would be, okay? But I'm here to tell you, I don't believe that 20 to 25 year olds are making 80 to 100k. They're not. I mean, that's not ha- what you did. You got promoted working for the the, the retail outlet you were working for. The the funny thing is, if you listen to the Fed and their BS about this two percent inflation, which is uh, I just hate. I gotta keep saying it because I want you know people. They're devaluing our money. That's what they're doing. That they would need to, you know, it was twenty some odd years ago, twenty three, twenty four years ago. I was making that kind of money. You essentially need to be making fifty percent more. So you need it. If it was just two percent, so you'd have to be at sixty thousand a year. At the age of 24? At the age of 23. 23, okay. 60K. But here's some of the things that I had then. My health insurance was zero. And I mean zero. Company paid for everything. Prescriptions, zero. If I ever had to go to the doctor, which I don't think I ever used, by the way. Always need it, though. $5 was my copay. If I did go, it was going to be $5. And I think about what it would cost just in the health care alone, right? Then you throw on top of, I didn't have any student loan to pay off, right? Uh, the, a car, I want to say my car payment, it was like a hundred, and I'm not exactly sure, but a hundred and... $12, something like that. <laughs> you remind me of commercials for my... Uh, take it off the lot today, one nineteen ninety nine a month. No down payment needed. No down payment, right? Just tax title license. Come on down to Goody Motors. Pick up your car. And I'm like, there's no way you could have lived how I did making sixty grand a day. You just couldn't do it. I can't imagine if kids were to see that commercial of somebody being able to have a car for that price. They flip out. Just go nuts. What's crazy is you're I bought saying myself the salary a, would listen, have to have doubled. I, I bought myself one of those cool Chevy step sides when they first came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a cool man. I was, I was a big deal. Chick magnet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you still had to do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was better looking back then. Quick look here at the market. Uh, it's a down market today. 
well, down. Gold's down $2, uh, $1,266. Silver's down about $0.08, uh, $17.60. The Dow's, well, the Dow just went positive. It's up 10. Uh, The S&P is negative. The NASDAQ is negative. Oil's down as well today. Uh, Today's special rolls of dimes, silver dimes, pre-65 dimes. You get 50 in a roll. There's $75 a roll. Uh, Rolls of half dollars. You get 20 of those in a roll. They're at $155 at 800-951-0592. Everybody take care. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we'll wrap up the week tomorrow.